everybody. How's it going? Welcome to a brand new episode of the Stags Sports Wrap Podcast. JJ Duke, Drew Kingsley here with you. Kind of at the back end of what's interesting now because it's May 2nd, Sunday, May 2nd on the night that we are recording. Ironically enough, Drew, when I was looking at the calendar, today was the last day of regularly scheduled regular season home games. If we, I know we've talked about this in the past and how wild not only this year has been, but really the last three months have been like kind of starting in mid to late February until now. This has been one crazy ride to think that we have just played our last regularly scheduled home game. Yeah, this is sort of what we since really, I guess, September have been referring to as the sprint this March 1st to May 1st, 2nd. And uh, that's not to minimize, obviously, what's to come as there's huge games to come, both postseason and end of the regular season. But yeah, this was the this was the mad dash. And um, as I was thinking about this earlier today, as eager as I am for things to get, you know, quote, back to normal in the fall, it was also a lot of fun to have all this action going on and just every day to wake up and have something else going on, some other team in action. It's it It's been great. A lot of people worked really hard to get here and I'm just proud of everybody for getting here kind of appropriate when i had a chance to talk with women's lacrosse associate head coach ann murray she put it like this at this time of the year she hit that regular fatigue that you get at this point that the adrenaline kicks in when the postseason begins and it almost felt normal and i felt that was perfect to kind of summarize what these last three months really have been and we are at that back stretch now but this is what we love to do we love to talk about success in sports and boy do we have a lot to get to here in this one later to come on the show we'll have the women's lacrosse run currently in the mac tournament we'll set the stage as well for softball who is right at the end of their regular season schedule and a few other things but drew it's kind of interesting and funny how we start the show off because we're talking about fairfield baseball we're talking about the fact that fairfield baseball won yet another series and yet another home series but the big talking point is it is the one in 28 and one as the streak has ended <laughs> for those who understand the reference of where we're going. You can pick that one up on a WWE culture, but um, it was 27 straight wins to begin the season for Bill Courier's team took a doubleheader against Siena on Saturday afternoon, kind of in dramatic fashion. We're starting to get now the vibe of Fairfield, just truly figuring out any which way to win in game one on Saturday. It was the stags down one, nothing going into the last frame, but they're able to bloop bloop and bloop their way to two runs in the bottom of the seventh highlighted by Owen Wassliger's opposite field RBI single with the infield drawn in. And the Stags walk that one off 2-1. Then run rule Sienna in the second game, 10-0. So you're thinking, boy, this team's invincible. We're just keep reeling in the headlines. Everyone's saying in college baseball, are the Stags ever going to lose? Fairfield got their first national ranking, 23rd by Baseball America, which is a great achievement in its own right. Sunday afternoon, senior day of all days. It's a loss in game one, 6-1. to one. I talked about this though, Drew, in the press box, you were remotely watching this all break out. So I want to hear your thoughts on it first. It almost seemed like a perfect storm had finally reached its max with Fairfield baseball, 
But then what you love to see was the response that came from the second game where Fairfield went back to Fairfield vintage baseball, four nothing shutout with a handful of arms combining in the victory. Oh yeah, that the second game today might be in an odd way the most important game of the year up to this point because you know, we all we all knew the loss was coming. We you know, we we had our dreams, our aspirations as we should. It was a lot of fun. But how they responded to the loss, especially it wasn't a week later, it wasn't even a day later, it was a half hour later, really says a lot about this team and how all their talk about not caring too much about the streak wasn't just talk, it's for real. They still have their focus on a MAC championship and potentially beyond that, and they showed that in game two today. Yeah, that they didn't. You know, watching those games on Saturday, there was two completely opposites where the first game, it was just scratched out. By the way, Michael Sansone is putting together a season. You and I were kind of joking about this, and you said earlier that it was a real possibility that the Mac Pitcher of the Year could be a closer and get a handful of starts or a starter that gets a handful of saves in midweek games. And Michael Sansone is just doing what he just has done all year long, is continue to win ball games, throws a complete game, where he only gave up one run. He struck out double figures yet again. And then all of a sudden Fairfield bash just come alive in the second game where they bashed out 10 runs on 14 hits. And quite frankly, if the game went all nine innings, it probably would have been looking like 16, nothing or something along those lines. So to see them, the group be as resilient as they were find a way, as you said, to come back on Sunday after losing, I said it to wrap up the first game broadcast on Sunday. It was like, you know, it's okay to be sad in that moment to see the streak go, but be happy for the fact that how it happened. And the beautiful thing is for baseball, it's a short-term memory game. You turn around and you play and the stags, it wasn't pretty in the second game on Sunday. I'm not going to lie to you. They found a way. Mike Caruso, probably the biggest knock of the day with a, a two run double to left in the sixth inning, Mike Bichetti doing things. Uh, Sean Cullen, who you'll hear from in a moment, just to continues to be exceptional at first. If it wasn't for say Justin Guerrero's 10 homers and probably going to get 40 some odd RBIs this season, I say Cullen's probably the player of the year in this league. And it's not even close, but just everybody up and down just said, okay, we got to find a way to win this series. And they did. Yeah, I, I don't want to be accused of, you know, pretending this is a no big deal thing all of a sudden. You know, this win streak was exciting. It was a unique run. And, you know, as much as you and I talked weekly about how they didn't go down south and play any major teams and how the most important thing was just that the team was positioning themselves for a MAC championship run, which is all true, by the way. But we were also all still dreaming about the undefeated miracle season. And we wanted that to happen. We really wanted it. And we were all you know, a little dejected when that loss came this afternoon. But um, I pulled together some quick facts just to throw at you. That's 27 wins. That's 27 wins in conference games. No midweek quote, this one doesn't really count games. No, just getting your pitchers some work games. 27 straight games against teams in the same region and the same strata of college baseball and the Stags won them all. In that run, you're talking about 13 different days where the Stags went out and beat the same team twice. There's also five weekends where they beat the same team four times in about 30 hours. So, uh, I mean, I, you don't need me to tell you in any other terms that that streak was difficult. It was, it, and it's possibly a once in a lifetime thing, but there's not really much else to say. Tip of the cap to Sienna and the young man who threw a gem for them today. 
and a huge tip of the cap to coach Courier and the Stags. And now we're back to where we started, which is they positioned themselves for a possible Mac championship run. And we're looking forward to seeing what they can do the rest of the way. And the nice thing is for Fairfield going down the stretch, it doesn't get any easier for them. I think this coming weekend and a trip to Buffalo to take on Niagara, who's currently trying to jockey for that second seed, which always is just as important because say if Fairfield slip in the quarterfinals and Niagara could be very well hosting a Mac championship weekend. So they're going to be all up for it. Fairfield know now that basically when they lock in to game one next Saturday, it's playoff season. Every game matters. So it'll be curious to see how they go about. And I talked with Sean Cullen after the conclusion of day two. So this on Sunday evening about how the team bounced back from the loss and also his play this season and that trip coming up to Niagara, because it's something that they haven't done all year, take a bus, stay in a hotel, play the same team on their place two days in a row without having a chance to go back home. So here is my conversation with Sean after the conclusion of this weekend's series to Siena. Coming after a first game like you guys had today, Sean, seeing that the streak was broken, for you guys, how important was it for a response, especially for the fact that y'all haven't had any games like that this season having to come back after a loss? Right, it was super important. We just wanted to make sure that we came out firing, hit the ball hard, and then the rest – take care of itself as long as you put the ball uh, hard in play especially for the pitching that seems to be ever so consistent for you guys you had trey go out first appearance in a month bryson does his job and then it seemed to click in the middle innings got a couple of key runs and you personally have been hitting the ball every day it seems almost what's been your approach all season long this year to be where you are right now right yeah it was great to have trey back it was awesome seeing back on the mound and then bryson and eli picked up picked it up and it was awesome to see for me, it's just hitting the ball hard and finding a hole. I just I don't think about much. I try to hit it hard and play every time. Also, it's been an interesting story for you, obviously having so much success at Union now coming here. And it, you know, from the neutral perspective, it seems like you have not skipped a beat. And obviously, didn't really have much of a season last year, but you come here and slide right in. How much, how easy it was really for you to kind of just gel with this group right from the jump, knowing that you're going to be starting first base game one. Right. I think that was just the guys. They took me in. It was great from day one. And we had practice and everyone included me and with the game plan for practice. And I just ran with it from there. And I'm loving it so far. One more scheduled series to go. And it's going to be a big one. Niagara is a very good team. That could be a nice little preview of what we could see later on the season. So road mentality, bus trip mentality, staying overnight mentality, which I don't think you guys have had all year long. How much are you looking forward to that? I think it'll be good for us. It'll give us a taste of playing on the road because we've only played in Manhattan and St. Peter's now. To play a good team on the road, it'll be a good experience for us, and hopefully we'll win some games there. be great. So my thanks to Sean Cullen for that conversation. Now we turn over to the team that is currently in a MAC tournament and is making a run in said MAC tournament, and that would be Fairfield Women's Lacrosse. Before we get to that, however, I was joking with Drew before we started recording is, yeah, the game – on Saturday that we'll get to in the quarterfinal was spectacular, but they also had a big game in the midweek to get to their, that position to win a regular season title to get the number one seed and drew, they had to do it in dramatic fashion against Monmouth of all teams, a team that has given them some difficulty over the last few seasons. Stags were trailing nine, eight, eight, seven Fairfield though. were able to rattle home three of the game's final four goals Megan Graham going on a run, continuing her spectacular second half of the season. 
she netted the game winner with not too long left, 37 seconds left in regulation. And Fairfield come away with a 10-9 victory, gave him another regular season trophy, which is something that you cannot take away. That's equally as important to getting the MAC postseason tournament because you set yourself up as the number one seed. Yeah, this team loves to play at home and to make sure they got the play at home, they had to go on the road and do it against a very tough Monmouth team in a uh, rescheduled game that was supposed to be about a month ago. And instead they closed the regular season. It was a game that meant a lot to them. I believe Monmouth was locked into the three seed, but that that probably didn't really matter much to them. They wanted to go out there and beat the, you know, the back-to-back defending champs in the Stags and also knowing they could beat a team that there's a chance they could run into again this coming week in the tournament. So it was uh, it it felt like a tournament game right from the opening draw, and yeah, it it got overshadowed real quick by the game we're about to talk about. But a a clutch effort from the Stags and uh, Megan Graham, uh, making us all real happy. She stuck around for that fifth year with what was her second straight five goal game to uh, propel the Stags to victory. Yeah, so here is that big game on Saturday, and it was one that you usually see in a semifinal matchup, which would be Fairfield against Marist, but it wasn't the semifinals. It was Marist due to the fact that they were not able to really complete much of their schedule this season because of the university-wide pause at Marist College. They had to play in a play-in game. They had to go to the distance against Iona, a one-goal game. Fair play to the Gales, by the way. They played outstanding in that play-in round and took Marist right to the death. But it was the Red Foxes against the Fairfield Stags in a game that lived up to the billing once again. Uh, Fairfield and Marist, they usually play tight games, and it was tight. Fairfield, though, this was the important one for me. Up 9-7, 24 minutes left in the second half. The Stags had possession, didn't do anything with it. Maris went down and scored the other way, and that's where the run happened for the Red Foxes, where Samantha Mahalik started getting hot. Kelly George, Kerry Gutenberger, Devin Connolly all scored. Graham responded to make it 12-10. Fairfield down, mind you. Fairfield, they were starting to run out of possessions. And we saw a similar trend in the first half of that game where between about the 14-minute mark and the four-minute mark of a half, not much happened scoring-wise. Kind of the same thing in this game in the second half. Samantha Mahalik scores with four minutes left in the second half to make it a 13-11 game, media timeout. A lot of people thinking, including myself a little bit, that was enough for Maris to get over the line. They win the draw after the timeout, don't score, And then what happened was something that's pretty crazy because Fairfield scored two goals in the last two minutes, one from Ariana Lavelle, one from Kelly Horning. And then Kelly Horning gets one in overtime in spectacular fashion, circa 2019 Mac women's lacrosse championship game against Siena. Though this time it wasn't a broken down play where I thought she should have taken the two on one instead of cycling behind the goal and then shooting this time. She took the shot quickly scored ball game over stags win and drew I asked this to a bunch of uh, players and the coaches afterwards. If this was the best test that you can get in a quarterfinal, boy, you feel a lot more confident going into a semifinal, potentially final, thinking that we might have just faced the toughest team, the toughest test that we could face in this tournament. Yeah, and uh, we'll, I'll start off by echoing a hat tip to Marist. I'm giving out a lot of hat tips right now. I'm in a baseball mindset, but, you know, at, Coach Field said it herself that, you know, the possibly the only reason Marist is an eight seed is because of how their season went. 
And, you know, nobody thinks they were the eighth best team in this league. And for that matter, the eighth best team in this league was still going to be pretty good. And it just happened to be Maris this year. But yeah, that's a, that's a tough test. You know, I think the 14, 13 that we saw on Saturday, much more indicative of this, of these two teams than the 17, nine we saw the week before at Rafferty stadium. And, you know, the stags have got to be feeling pretty good. I'm sure they're happy to have a few days off before they have to welcome in a tough Niagara team, but yeah, and uh, that last possession, it looked it looked almost reminded me of uh, basketball. You got one possession to win the game. Get the ball to your best player. Everybody clear out. Stay ready in case she passes it to you. And you know, Kelly took the ball to the hole and scored. I mean, it's funny because in, a lot of the players will say when Kelly Horning is on your team, you get Kelly Horning the ball. So it's the perfect echo of that sentiment there. And uh, we had a chance, or I had a chance to talk with both Kelly and Ariana Lavelle, who, by the way, just continuing on this almost Cinderella type season didn't play at all in her first two seasons. And she's just been doing bits this year, had a four goal game in this one. So I talked with Ariana and Kelly about that contest. Also, by the way, folks, it's a little windy in the audio because on Saturday, that was the back end of back-to-back days of heavy gusts. So we apologize in advance for that. Not much we could do about it, but it was a very elated Kelly Horning and Ariana Lavelle that I spoke to after the game. Guys, this was probably one of the wildest games we've seen in a long time. Ariana, we'll start with you first. Especially early on, you had the offense rolling. It seemed like things were not going your way. Defensively, needed to get the spark offensively, and you were shining. What was going for your mind to get the team back in the game? Honestly, like being so close to the seniors, like what like, was in all of our heads the entire time is like we're not over until we say it's over. And I feel like our team just like came together like we usually do and put in the net. Kelly Horning, it's shades of 2019 all over again where he found a way to get the overtime winner. I know I asked you on air about kind of taking us through that one, but how much did that experience of playing an overtime game in a one-off elimination situation help this group here today? Um, I think it really does come down to experience. We've done it before and um, we made the stop on defense, which was huge, and then we came down and we knew we had to take care of it and we turned it over at first, but then as soon as we got it back on the offensive side, we knew we had to end it there. This Marist College team is not a number eight seed. I think we all can agree on that one. So does this, Ariana, almost help you guys a little bit for the rest of the tournament, knowing that you faced a very good team, maybe even the best of the bunch, to now get you over the line and say, it doesn't matter who comes next. We know that we've got this in our bag. Yeah, I feel like in our um, talk we just had with Laura and like the rest of the team, she said, like, obviously Marist should not have been the seed that they were. But like we think that that's going to be our biggest competition throughout the rest of this MAC tournament. And Kelly, now knowing that another home game is going to be coming up at the time that we're talking, we don't know who it's going to be. But does it really matter at this point how much does this group just need to stay within their bubble, stay within their controllables to know that that's all that you may need? Yeah, definitely. It's all in our hands from here on out. And we just need to take care of ourselves and each day in practice work hard if we want the next win at our home field. So as Drew said, yes, the quarterfinal is now done. The semifinal to come on Thursday. It will be home to Niagara. At the time of recording, we don't have the official start time. But again, stay tuned on FairfieldStags.com because probably by the time you're listening to this, we will have that start time. We do know, however, it will be on ESPN+. So now to two other teams that are in action, we first go to Fairfield Softball, who had kind of a mix and match sort of week. 
They finished out their home schedule this past Wednesday, where they welcomed in Quinnipiac for the first of two doubleheaders split between the two campuses. Fairfield will travel to Hamden on Wednesday, this coming Wednesday, to take on the Bobcats. The Bobcats came down to Fairfield here. Stags won both games by a score of eight to four. So Fairfield finished off their home schedule with an impressive 14 and six record. However, the big games wore this weekend and they ran into a red hot team in Monmouth. As Drew said, he's doing a lot of hat tipping. So I'm going to do it to Monmouth here. Alyssa Irons, everything that you would expect out of one of the best pitchers, not only in this league, but in this region, did what she does best, got a couple of wins. Scratched out, did Monmouth a couple of one-run wins in the back half of both doubleheaders. Monmouth take all four games. It does leave Fairfield a little bit of a scenario where they can't completely control their own fate in terms of trying to host a quarterfinal series in the MAC tournament. They're very much in the picture to be in the postseason. That's without a doubt at this point. It's just going to be getting some help somewhere despite their 18-12 and 12 record. And Drew, I know it's not the most comforting thing in the world, as an athlete, knowing that even if we win all of our remaining games for Fairfield softball being two games, it's not the best feeling knowing that that might not be enough. But at the same time, it is kind of a luxury knowing that no matter what, because remember earlier on, it was supposed to be a four-team tournament, now an eight-team tournament, you're going to be playing postseason softball coming up this weekend. Yeah, that's always something that you can at least, you know, you can hang your hat on. It can keep you motivated going into this week and then into the playoffs, just knowing you've got, you've got more games to play. And while everybody would love to have them at alumni field, it's not going to change the fact that coach B as she always does, will have this team ready to go come tournament time for whoever they play in the quarterfinals and hopefully beyond. Yeah. And they've got the right players that are starting to heat up offensively at the right time. Megan Forbes. I know I keep shouting out her a lot, but she's continued to impress this season with a team best 337 average and 31 hits also getting good production from Caitlin Hoffman drew Westford coming on in good form Sam Marino is hitting the ball well the pitching I know faced a tough test this past weekend but I'm certain that they're going to bounce back so keep an eye on how that finish goes the final day of the regular season in max softball is on Wednesday with then the postseason beginning this weekend Last team that was in action this week is Fairfield men's lacrosse. And it certainly has been a challenging season for head coach Andrew Baxter is his group, young group going up against a very loaded CAA league. And we can kind of tell you this folks, that if it wasn't for the ACC basically being stacked from top to bottom with all five of those teams likely making the NCAA tournament, the CAA would definitely have two, probably three teams going to the postseason. There's without a doubt. So this, the odds were kind of stacked against Fairfield into an extent. Fairfield battled at times. They had some tricky games. They battled against Hofstra in a game where they were playing for pride. A lot of players were playing their last career collegiate game. And boy, did they ball out. I mean, Dylan Beckwith with another eight-point night. Travis Ford got himself a hat trick. Kyle Borda, who's been a lot second-team midfield. We haven't seen him a whole lot. He dropped the th- a hat trick. Uh, a number of guys got good games in there. Uh, Colin Consoli, I know the numbers are not going to be in favor of him, but he might be one of the top freshman goalies in all of NCAA men's lacrosse at the moment um, because he will finish off his season with a save percentage around 500 
he faced a lot of shots. And while Fairfield are obviously going to be devastated by graduating Dylan Beckwith, who put up 55 points in 11 games, which is tremendous. There is a good core that is going to be coming back. And I know we, we've talked with Coach Baxter. So the, the plan is there. It's just now how good can this offseason be to get them ready and have a good fall season too to then be ready for the spring. It's a, as you highlighted, it's a very tough league in any year. And it's a very tough league to be, however you want to phrase it, rebuilding as Fairfield is right now. You're essentially playing a top 20 team every week, either literally or just outside the top 20. So, you know, the, the results of course, weren't there this year as far as wins and losses, but you know, we, we learned a lot of new names this year. We saw a lot of new things this year. And uh, as was highlighted by Travis Eldridge on the broadcast on the LAC sports network, Coach Baxter hasn't had what you would call a normal year with his team. You know, he uh, had the, of course, the 2020 season that was only seven games long. The team was five and two. And then as everybody did this spring, there was little to no fall, certainly no competition in the fall. It was a strange schedule. There were less non-conference games. So, and that's not to make excuses. You know, every guy in that locker room from Coach Baxter to every player to everybody would love to have seen a better win-loss record this year, but it's just to say that, you know, brighter days are ahead. We've certainly, we've seen the pieces and uh, I know everybody in that locker room woke up on Saturday, ready to start thinking about the 2022 season. Oh, absolutely. And, you know, we're looking forward to all those guys getting back out in the fall and for the senior and graduate class, not only for men's lacrosse, but all of our sports uh, best of luck in future endeavors. And we truly hope that we see you guys back whenever the next season of your respective sport is because as I've said in the past, we miss seeing all the friendly faces. We miss getting the chance just to have the good conversations and reconnect. And now as alums getting to come back and support their former teammates and their programs. So uh, that is actually going to do it for this show in terms of our recaps. We had four teams that are in action last week. We have four teams that are in action this coming week. Uh, we'll tell you those right now. Actually, excuse me, three teams that are in action no, four. I did get it right. Four teams in action. This week. <laughs> no, we took half the games off the schedule and you still are. This is the week you lose track of it. Absolutely. The, the rhythm is completely gone at this point. Uh, softball, as I mentioned, is away to Quinnipiac on Wednesday. Then their softball postseason in the MAC quarterfinal series will begin on Saturday going through Sunday. Women's lacrosse MAC semifinal against Niagara is Thursday. Men's rowing are at the Dad Vale Regatta, which is down in Philadelphia. That will be Friday and Saturday. So it's the seventh through the eighth. Uh, as I mentioned, softball in the quarterfinal series this weekend. Baseball treks out to Niagara uh, for a doubleheader both on Saturday and Sunday. And if women's lacrosse advanced to the MAC championship game, they would host that game and it would be on Sunday, the 9th at a time to be determined later. That is your upcoming schedule. Drew, hit us with some final thoughts. Well, we'll call them finals thoughts for this week because by the time you and I talk next, uh, Fairfield will be in the middle of finals. They have a couple of reading days and then I think finals proper start on Friday the 7th. So a shout out to all of our student athletes and Fairfield students, but particularly the student athletes that are still in season that will be going into finals. I mean, I know back in, back in the old days, I had trouble studying for finals when there was a TV show on that I wanted to watch. So I can't imagine having games and practices and everything that our student athletes do at such a high level 
with their sport and then to turn around and study and write papers and take tests and also do that at a very high level as well. So a shout out to them, best of luck to them and to all of our Fairfield students heading into finals. Um, for those who aren't still in season, who are going to be leaving us and heading back home in a week or so, uh, we'll miss you all. And we look forward to seeing everybody under some closer to normal circumstances in the fall. Definitely. That's going to do it for this episode of the Stags Sports Wrap podcast. Make sure to stay with us on fairfieldstags.com and our social media handles, all of them for the various teams of the main ones at Fairfield Stags on Twitter and Instagram and at Stags Sportsnet on Twitter. So for Drew, I'm JJ signing off. We'll talk to you all next week, but until then, go Stags. <laughs>